What's going on, everyone? My name is Jake, and welcome to Jake and Marty's Weekly Dose. Um, it's just this podcast we wanted to make, you know, talk about sports, uh, Buffalo sports in general, talking about the Bills and Sabres a lot. Um, we're also going to be able to talk about anything in sports that's going on. It's our podcast, so I feel like we can just do whatever we want with it. So we're going to talk about the world in sports. We can talk about what's happening in the real world, anything you guys want. But mainly, we're going to talk about the Buffalo Bills and the Buffalo Sabres. And now I'm going to move it over to my co-host, Marty. What's up, guys? I'm Marty. I'm Jake's good friend. Uh, and we just love Buffalo sports and sports in general. And I think this is going to be really fun just talking about the sports world with you guys and getting thoughts from other people and just sharing our thoughts with each other so everybody can hear. So I'm excited. Exactly, exactly. And if we ever get any listeners... If people want to hear something, you guys want to hear us talk about something, just you can tweet at me. If you have my number, just text me. You can hit me up on Instagram. Um, there will be links to both mine and Myers account in the podcast bio. So if you guys want to check those out, you'll be able to. I'll put those up after the show. Um, but so welcome to the first show, guys. We're excited to get this started. We've been looking forward to this. Um, this is mine and his both time doing a podcast. So just give us a little bit to work with it, figure out what we're doing. Um, but I'm excited. So for this first episode, um, what we're going to be talking about is we're going to recap the Buffalo Bills 2020-2021 season. And then at the end, we're also going to talk about the Buffalo Sabres and just their start to the season and kind of everything that's going on with COVID right now in the NHL. Um, so Marty, let me get your intake. What is your just initials reaction about the Buffalo Bills season? Um, well, I think the first thing that, uh, pops out of you that uh, everybody's going to be excited about is the development of Josh Allen. You know, I think uh, now, uh, you know, you got your franchise guy and, uh, you know, that puts you in the upper echelon of the league. Uh, not a lot of teams can say they have that franchise guy and he was second MVP voting. So that's huge. You know, Buffalo, after decades, really, finally, you know, they got their guy at quarterback. So I think that really helps the whole team take off. They got a really good uh, number one option with Diggs, the chemistry between him and Allen, uh, really good. I think they got the perfect head coach, uh, general manager combo. You know, that's always good. Get the camaraderie in the building. Um, but I think they've got a lot of stuff that they got to figure out over the off season. Uh There's not going to be as much cap space this year. Uh, they're going to have to make some – they're going to have to cut some uh, veterans that really – maybe even some that uh, contributed to the team this past season. But they're definitely going to have to make some hard decisions uh, in terms of saving cap. And uh, I think they're going to have to <clears throat> make some moves in the offseason to help figure out what's going on defense because the defense took a step back uh, this year compared to years past where they were so dominant. But – uh Oh, it's definitely a lot to build on. It's hard to, you know, find a lot of things to complain about when you're thirteen and three and a hail mary away from being fourteen and two. It could have been fourteen and two if it wasn't for that D hop hail mary at the end of the game. I know, making it all the way to the AFC Championship after so many years of you know heartbreak and just not even making it to the playoffs. It's it's hard to complain. It's definitely a a good start uh, to build upon. You know, I think. They're only a couple steps behind Kansas City, and who knows? You know, anything can change in off season. A good draft, injuries. You know, they could definitely find themselves in the same position next year. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. Um, it is a huge step forward for the team, especially just since making it to the AFC Championship for the first time since nineteen ninety four. Um, it just goes to show you what a good quarterback can do for your team, though. Like you said. For years, the Bills have been struggling at the quarterback position, whether it be – don't want to blame it all on the people in front of the office, but just GMs and coaches drafting badly or bad contracts they gave people and just not putting the proper people in the right positions to make the team successful. But year three for me, Josh Allen took a phenomenal step oh, yeah. from year one to year two and then even year two to year three. And the thing that is makes me excited about him – is all three seasons so far, you have seen a step above from where he played the last season. And mm -hmm. he, I don't think he's reached his ceiling yet. He had a phenomenal season. 
Um, it also helps we got him a, a real number one in Stefan Diggs. It just those two together is basically untouchable. I get there was some set little setbacks here and there during the season, just mainly in that AFC championship game. Mm-hmm. And then the two games we lost this season or the three two games we lost this season, the Carol or the game against Arizona, I thought they looked great. Yeah. Um, but it was just uh you know, just a shitty play that happened at the game that you don't really have much control over. D Hop is one of those guys. He's a superstar and superstars are in this league to make plays. They can do nothing all game and just make a play. That's true. But back to the defensive side of the ball. Um, it's funny because the roles kind of flip flop from last year to this year. Last year we had the number two defense in the league and no one could really score on us. And they kind of held that offense, let them be able to stay in games because our offense wasn't able to score. And then this year, I would say probably first three quarter, probably first two thirds of the season, I would say our defense looked very bad. And then in that last, in that last uh, one third of the season, they really they looked good to me. They, they definitely looked like improved. Old, yeah, they look like that old defense that we saw in 2019 and 2018. But I. Trust Leslie Frazier. I get he didn't have his best season, but I do trust him in the fact that he knows what this defense needs to do to be good. And I just hope he fixes what he needs to next year. Um, but like you said, we are in kind of a cap hell this year. But we'll talk about that in another episode because I want to get into that later. But um, I was just all in all very happy with the Bills season. Um, one thing that really disappointed me was our run game. I wanted yeah, um, I want to touch base on you with that. You know, they, they need yeah, to figure Devin that Singletary out over the season. Only rushing for six hundred eighty seven yards and Zach Moss only rushing for four eighty one. I get he's a rookie, but come on, I mean Josh Allen had four hundred and twenty one rushing yards on the season. I get there are one and two punch kind of backs that they're not there's no definite starter because we saw Singletary started more in the season and Zach Moss towards the back half of the season until he got injured was taking on that starting position, but I just – they need to be better to me. Yeah, well, that one really thing... will open up more options for Josh Allen because it's going to make people know that this season they're kind of looking like, okay, they're not going to run the ball. So, I mean, Josh Allen can beat you with his arm, and he showed that all season. So, I was thankful that he took that huge step this year to be able to do that and beat people with his arm. But I just think we need more out of Moss and Singletary next year if they're back – I don't know what we're going to do with that position, but it's. what are your thoughts on that? Uh, one thing I saw uh, earlier in the week is uh, Singletary and Moss, are, you know, if you're going based off 40 time, are two of the top 10 slowest starting running backs in the whole entire league. Two of the top 10 slowest if you're going off of their combine 40 time. <laughs> oh, sorry. Bless you. And, uh, I mean, I think that's unacceptable. I think you need to get a, a speedier option. I think they're both, uh, you know, they're good at what they do, but neither of them are uh, jack of all trades. I think. Let me throw this option at you for running back next year if we didn't get anyone. Why not put Isaiah McKenzie at running back? He's fast. He can run the ball, as we've seen this season, the few times that he has gotten the ball. But he is quick and he is agile. I get he's probably probably a little big for running back, but I think he could be a great position just for that speed aspect of it. Yeah, I get I, that I, he is not I get he's not an actual running back, but we need speed back there, like you said, Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. Um to me Moss was more of that like kind of filling in not that he's Frank Gore by any means, but he was kind of filling in for that Frank Gore being a power back, just like Shady was for us. Mm-hmm. But I just I didn't mind the pick when we got him, but I get it was his rookie season, but I feel like he could have done better. And I think Singletary, after his rookie contract is up, is probably on his way out the door unless we see something else next year from him. But that is one position this offseason that the Bills need to take a hard look at. And same with our defensive line as well. Yeah. But like I said, we'll get into our roster moves coming in the offseason. I was thinking about doing that probably either next week or the week after, but we were definitely talking about this. But um, uh, for me, yeah. though, who who impressed you the most this season from the Buffalo Bills? 
Oh, uh, it's besides, be, besides the obvious, Josh yeah. Allen. Uh, the, obviously, like you said, Josh Allen and Diggs. You know, those are a given. Uh, but uh, come out players that you wouldn't expect. I mean, I'd say I was really happy with Cole Beasley. You know, he, basically uh, it would have been his first uh, one thousand yard season if he didn't miss uh, the Miami game with injury. I'm having a really solid slot receiver like that. I mean, it's like a quarterback's best friend. Uh, you know, you saw Josh Allen go to him on a lot of big third down plays. Uh, you know, Diggs drawing double teams and safety help. Uh, having a guy like Beasley sure-handed uh, in the slot, I mean, that's always really nice to have. And I am I was really, really happy with him. Uh I mean, there's all, a couple other guys you got to be impressed with. I think Deion Dawkins is your franchise left tackle. Uh, he does a great job of protecting Josh Allen's blind side. Uh, Daryl Williams, you know, he had a good year. I, he's the guy I'd like to re-sign, the right tackle. Uh, but, no, I, I think out of all the players, I was, you know, outside of the obvious Josh Allen digs, but I think the most underrated – uh, uh, not so underrated because he's noticed, but I think uh, I was pleasantly surprised the most with Cole Beasley. Yeah, I agree with you there. Cole Beasley, he's always been a great wide receiver, but for basically his whole career, like from Dallas to now, he's always kind of went unnoticed. I think this year with the stats you put up, kind of put people on notice that he yeah. actually is. He woke a lot of people up. He's a top receiver in the league. It's a team. He's a guy teams would love to have. He He's small, but he's probably one of the toughest guys on the Bills roster. Oh, yeah, playing through a broken he's leg. He's constantly getting his ass kicked. Yeah, he's constantly getting his ass kicked. He played with a broken leg in playoffs. I mean, you can't ask for more heart out of a guy, especially his size and his stature. Like, you wouldn't think he'd be anything in the NFL. But he is great. He's been great for Josh these past two seasons. I'm sure Josh loves to have him there. Um, but, yeah, definitely with Diggs there helps him out too because now Diggs is taking that double team. And that also helped John Brown this year too because, to me, John Brown was never number one receiver. But he is a great number two. Great number two. And just Diggs being there just opens up so much in that secondary where Josh was able to look to kind of go through. You saw him going through all his progressions this season. Um, he was taking that time to look through instead of, oh, he's not there. Let me take the ball on and run, which I love Josh running. If you tell me if, if you tell me that Josh Allen shouldn't run the ball as much, go fuck yourself because no one is telling Lamar Jackson not to run that ball. Why take a weapon away from a kid? Just like saying don't yeah. let, don't or telling Alexander Ovechkin to stop taking snapshots from the shot slot. That is just not going to happen. Um, you're just taking basically if you tell Josh Allen to stop running, you're taking another weapon away from him that he has that makes him the quarterback that he is. Yeah, let Josh be Josh. Exactly. <laughs> but um, Tyler Bass, to me, also, as a rookie kicker, I was impressed with him going on field goals. He went 34 for 28, 82%. Can't complain. Hit it long of 58, which, honestly, I think if we gave him the – if we allowed him to, I think he could hit from probably 62 to 63 plus. Oh, yeah. He's got a leg on him. Um, he says that kind of leg to me as, I mean, people hate on him a lot this year because he missed some kicks in crucial times, but he won us that second oh, yeah. Jets game. Well, he's a rookie. You got, you got to go through he those all teams with the rookies. And I think, you know, it's, it's evident exactly. to anybody, you know, who really uh, knows the game of football, you know, rookie kickers are never, you know, lights out, but I mean, he was pretty, pretty damn close. Uh, and he's got a big leg. on. I mean, him. look at Adam Benatieri. He was, Benatieri was terrible his rookie Yeah, and he'll season. go down as one of the greatest kickers. And he yeah. – and now he's one of the greatest kickers of all time. I'm not saying Tyler Bass will go down as one of the greatest kickers of all time, but you got to get – first off, kicking in Buffalo mm-hmm. is hard. It is always windy here. There's a few cities where it is hard to kick in in the NFL, and Buffalo is one of them, just because that wind plays a factor in basically every single home game that the Bills see. So you can't no. hate on it for that. I mean, you saw Justin Tucker, who's the best kicker in the league right now, has been for years. Um, hasn't missed a kick since I think it was 2017. He missed two in the playoffs against kicking in Buffalo. So it just goes to show how hard it is to kick in Buffalo. So I think 
Tyler Bass to me was great for our special teams. Um, player gave us, won us a game, kept us. You need points. Points are points in the NFL. Like if you're gonna take, I'd rather have three over zero any day. And if anyone disagrees with me, then you're dumb. Simple as that. Yeah, he's a real weapon. Uh, and that's another uh, pleasant surprise I probably should have mentioned earlier. Uh, you know, a rookie coming in with a leg like that, kicking in Buffalo, kicking in some uh, real uh, lot of pressure situations uh, in the playoffs included. Uh, anytime a rookie can come in and kick the way he kicked, uh, you know, sometimes – there's a couple bumps in the road, you know, missed extra points or just some uh, missed easy field goals. But, I mean, anybody who knows uh, anything about rookie kickers in the NFL would see, I mean, the guy's full potential. He's got a really big leg, and they'll definitely come in handy in Buffalo. I think he's the answer kicker for the next, you know, at least decade. Oh, yeah, 100%. As long as he can stay healthy. And the Bills, for some reason, just don't release him or whatever. I see him being a great kicker in the NFL. Um, another rookie that I was very happy with was Gabe Davis. Oh, yes. 599 yards on the season with a rookie. Came up with several huge catches this season for the Bills. He had seven TDs, was averaging 17.1 yards per reception. Um, just gave another weapon to Josh Allen. Um I think he comes in next season and kind of takes over John Brown's role. I think we're going to release John Brown just to get out of the cap hell we're kind of in right now, just open up some space because Davis is still on his rookie contract. Um, So wipe some money off the salary cap and have Gabe Davis be your two. He's shown this year that he can be that. Um, He has great hands, um, can consistently get open, and I think him playing alongside Stephon Diggs in seasons to come is very exciting. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I think Gabe Davis is a, a future, you know, potential star in Buffalo. Uh, anytime a rookie can come in is really the fourth option and uh, put up those numbers. Like you said seven touchdowns. It really – I mean, he had a couple called back. He easily could have had uh, ten touchdowns. And then you see him show up in big moments like the – playoff game against the Colts, making those big catches on the sideline. I mean, that's not typical for your average rookie uh, wide receiver. I think he's got good chemistry with Josh Allen, and it can only really grow more. I agree with the John Brown part. I mean, he's a good receiver, but you got to get out that cap hell you're talking about. And when anytime you get a guy as talented as Gabe Davis on a rookie deal, I mean, you know, it definitely makes – uh, cutting a guy like John Brown uh, much more easier. Yeah, exactly. Um, now to other side of the ball. Now back to switching back to defense here real fast. Trey White kind of disappointed me this no. season after being paid. Um, he kind of was quiet this season. He wasn't terrible, but he wasn't kind of what everyone expected. I guess the kind of a season he would have. Um. He just kind of was there. He made some big plays, but he also wasn't making the plays he normally does. He just, to me, the amount of times he was targeted, pretty. I think he was targeted 62 times, and he had 38 receptions on him. That isn't that great from a guy who's making that much money and considered our number one cornerback. Um, I do still have faith in him but it's just kind of not the season you're looking for after you go out and pay Tredavious White what yeah, you Yeah, no, I agree with that. And, uh, I mean, you're getting paid like a top five corner in the entire NFL. Uh, I mean, obviously, he deserves to get paid like that uh, off of the year that he had uh, before he got the extension, uh, you know, leading the NFL in uh, interceptions. And it's not the protection you got this year, though. Uh I think if you're getting paid like a top five corner, you've got to take the other team's number one receiver away uh, and follow them the whole entire game. And really, I mean, if you're going to get paid like that, you've got to earn that. And I think, you know, definitely, like you said, not, not a bad season, but maybe for his standards, you can call it a bad season, you know, seeing as, uh, you know, the guy was an all pro 
and uh, leading the league in interceptions. You just kind of want more out of him, especially after giving him an extension like that. Uh, maybe not having the off season, you know, he normally has, or maybe uh, you no know, preseason, you know, getting used to game speed. Maybe that played a difference. Uh, you know, it's hard to be upset when a guy, you know, still has a good season, but uh, but for his standards, it definitely could have been way better, and I'm hoping he can bounce back in 2021. Uh, yes, me too. And then, um, so real quick, I kind of want to go into this a little bit about just because he had a great season, um, AJ Klein. Um, so what do you think the Bills do with Matt Milano? Uh, just get into this real fast. Um, do you think they pay him or do you think they can't pay him what he's worth because he's going to get paid like a top linebacker in the NFL and, I think AJ Klein, I get they're kind of two different styles of play, but AJ Klein, after his first three games of the season, really impressed me. Um, but what do you think happens with Milano in the offseason? And if we weren't to re sign Milano, is Klein someone who's able to step in and take over his role? Or do you think we go searching for one in the market? Or uh, in the so, my thing with Milano is. I'm sure they'd love to re-sign him. I mean, who wouldn't want a guy like that back in the defense? He's a great player. I think we only lost one game where he uh, started. And uh, most of our losses, he actually was injured. And I think that's going to play a difference. You know, the injury history. uh, Can you give a guy a big contract when he's got an injury history like Milano? Uh, But I'm sure they'd love to have him back. Uh, I think it's going to be really hard to do. They're going to have to you know, cut a couple of veterans, a couple of cap casualties to, you know, make the room to afford them. But, uh, no, I'm sure they'd love to have him back. Whether they keep him, I, I'm not so sure. Uh, I think, you know, a guy like that, it's open market. Other teams are, you know, just as interested, and uh, they'll probably be willing to fork over more money than uh, we can do. But uh, touching with Klein, uh I was uh, – he definitely stepped up his play. I was impressed at the, you know, the end of the season where the defense, you know, started to play much, much better. But uh, one thing I'd like to point out with Klein is uh, he was kind of, you know, out of favor in the playoffs. I think the guy only got, like, three snaps in the championship game. Uh, he didn't play much against the Colts or the Ravens. Maybe that has to do with – you know, schemes that they were running. Maybe that just has to do with an injury that wasn't reported. But uh, the guy definitely uh, didn't get the playing time you'd like to see of a starting linebacker uh, in the playoffs. So I don't know if that was by design or what was going on there. But if you're planning him to be the replacement, I'd like to see the coaching staff have uh, a little bit more faith in the guy. Um I'm also not a big fan of Klein's contract. I think uh, they overpaid him, uh, not significantly, but I think they overpaid him uh, for the services that he provides. I think you can get a guy like that at a fraction of the price, you know, a veteran linebacker that'll come in and just do his job. But uh, I could see the team turning to the draft, really, Uh if Milano's gone to fill that need, maybe direct an inside linebacker, moving Tremaine Edmonds to outside backer. I don't know how you feel about that, but I feel like he, uh, Tremaine Edmonds on the outside makes more sense and maybe getting a more traditional middle linebacker in the middle. Yeah, I think, um, I think the Bills' top priority, honestly, this offseason should be Matt Milano. Um, even if you have to franchise tag him, because I would assume right now what he is, I'm just comparing to like other linebackers who are like him. Um, they're usually getting about four years for 57 million. So you're looking at about 14, 250 um, for their year. So you take that cap. But if you franchise tag him, you're probably going to be looking at a significantly less amount of that because clearly you're going to take the averages of like the top five in the league and find it in there. And that would be significantly less. I don't have the numbers in front of me for how much it would be, 
but because I'm assuming he's going out there looking for four year contract, probably fifty seven million. That would be where I would assume he would be. Um, and the Bills unfortunately just don't have that to pay him right now. But they also need to look at being able to keep him. I think he is a yeah, huge part of this defense. Um, clearly this season, um, I think a big point for the Bills, their run defense being so bad, was missing Starla Tule. And I'm going to let you take over from that because I know me and you have talked about that before. I just want to get your thoughts on why the Bills miss Starla Tule well, so much. Well, a big reason why they miss him so much is because He's a big guy. I mean, he's your traditional nose guard. Your traditional the big D tackle is going to, you know, sit in the middle and eat up blocks and free up other guys. You know, I think that's why you saw a step back from guys like Ed Oliver. Um, you know, that's he's not your traditional nose guard. You know, he's your three-tech uh, defensive tackle. You know, he shoot the gap speed. That's his game. You know, he's not a heavy D tackle. Heavy set D tackle It's going to go in there and stop the run and eat up blocks. Um, that's what Latule is. You know, I'm not a, a huge fan of the guy's contract, but I mean, what he does, you know, won't really show up on the stat sheet. Uh, what he does really frees up a lot of other guys and helps them stuff the stat sheet. Uh, he's a, he's definitely going to be an integral part of the defense uh, next year. Uh, you need a guy like that. I think all your uh, D tackles this past year were shoot the gap three tech D tackles. They weren't really, you know, nose guards or eating up blocks. And I think that's a big reason why you saw the run game step back. I think that's a big reason why you saw a step back in Edmonds game. You know, he was, he was never free to roam. There was always a guard or a tackle or somebody blocking Edmonds. And he's a guy that needs to be free to roam, you know, and that's what Latule did best. He would just eat up those blocks and, you know, let those guys do their job. Yeah, let's let's Milano or not Milano, excuse me. Let's Edmonds be more free because this season you saw him kind of double guessing himself a lot as to what gap to get into. But like last season and his rookie season, he was kind of what you said, just let him roam and do what he needs to do because that's when he looked at his best, and that is why we saw a step back from him this season was because he was kind of there second guessing himself, and he played he played. A, for a good mm-hmm. part of the season, injured. Yeah. You saw that him going to make tackles, he would favor the other shoulder, and it made him miss some tackles. It would make him just be slower because he was thinking about what he was doing instead of actually just doing what he needed to do. And I think once we get Latulile back, Tremaine Edmonds is going to become that star linebacker that everyone expected because the kid is only 20. Really young. He's only 22 really years old, linebacker. 23 years old, excuse me. He is very, very young, and he is very skilled. He is big. He's got long arms. He can take up a lot of space in the throw game, in the team opponent's throwing game. And I think he, I think he's a great linebacker. People weren't happy with him this year. I wasn't too worried about it because I knew what we were missing in Latulule. So I think once we get Latulule back, we're going to see Edmonds take that next step into becoming an elite linebacker. And I think if we can get Milano re-signed and keep him here, we're probably looking at having the best, probably I would say top five linebackers. Oh yeah, when, when those two are you know on and everything else, everything's firing on all cylinders, uh, they're definitely you know two great young linebackers too. That's that's huge when uh, you can get two young linebackers. You know the camaraderie that they can build together and uh, you know develop together, and you see it before your eyes. It's it's really cool to see. Um, I'm hoping they can keep them together. Uh, and with uh, Edmonds, uh, everything you named, all the attributes and everything and how big and lengthy he is, I mean, I I definitely – I wouldn't be opposed to moving him outside if Milano uh, does leave a free agency and just finding a traditional linebacker to fill the hole. But um, no, Edmonds, he took a step back. But, you know, anybody – who really knows anything about football knows that, you know, losing a guy like Latule in the middle, eating up blocks, I mean, that does really make a difference. Yeah, 100%. Um, But I was, all in all, very happy with the season, um, except for the playoff game. 
yeah. against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Bills just – they look like they didn't not want to be there. But if you look at Josh Allen before the game against the Kansas City Chiefs this year and going back and looking at him last year against the game against Houston in his first playoff game, he kind of looked nervous in both of those games, and it mm-hmm. showed. He was – not doing what he needed to do to beat that Chiefs defense because we all know he can. And I think now being there and playing that is going to help him because he's only a third-year quarterback. The kid is going to get paid by the Bills, whether it be this year or next year. The kid's going to get paid. He deserves it. He deserves to stay in Buffalo. But the team just kind of was disappointing me because then we saw what happened um, to the Chiefs once they went and saw Tom Brady. So, I mean, I get it's a week-to-week league. So, I know it could be anyone at any time, but I just wasn't expecting that from our team. I expected it to be a game and not what we saw. When we went up 9 nothing, and when we went up 9 nothing, it wasn't even a good 9 nothing. It was they muffed a punt, and we ended up getting down at the one-yard line mm-hmm. and being able to score from that. After that, it was just all Kansas City's game just rolling. The defense – they didn't have an answer for Kelsey or Hill. Um, I think Kelsey is probably still open from that game. I mean, holy shit, no one could cover him. I just don't know. That's where Leslie Fraser kind of needs to figure out what he needs to do to beat those good teams because he had a great game plan yeah. for Lamar Jackson. Um, you made Lamar Jackson become a quarterback that game, something he hasn't shown he can do in the NFL yet. I get all these Baltimore fans are be like, oh, what are you through? He had 500 total yards against the Tennessee Titans. I don't give a fuck. Lamar Jackson has won one playoff game in his career. Um, and mm-hmm. in four starts, he has one and four. That isn't what you're looking – I'm sorry to go off on a tangent here. I don't care, though. It's our podcast. We can talk about whatever we want. But Lamar Jackson, to me, isn't No, I, I agree. And that might be, you know, another topic for another episode or uh, with uh, Lamar Jackson. But – when it comes to, you know, just to wrap up the Bills season, talk about Allen and the Chiefs uh, in the championship game, sometimes uh, your best lessons are learned through losses. You know, sometimes you got to take those uh, losses and learn, you know, live and learn. And uh, I just point to, you know, look at Mahomes in uh, 2018. He was one MVP. And, you know, he got all the way to the championship game against uh, the Patriots. And, you know, they lost to Tom Brady and – uh you know, the next year he comes back and he goes, leads his team to the Super Bowl and they win it all. You know, I'm hoping something similar can happen next year with Josh Allen. Um, I think the defense, uh, you can't – I just turn on the film from the Super Bowl and see how Tampa played uh, uh, Kansas City. You can't play no deep zone, you know, give them free yards. I'd, uh, you know, make the team beat me, you know. I like how they put, you know, they plastered their number one corner on Tyree Kill and had a safety over top and made Kansas City earn every yard that they got, put pressure on them. Um, you know, a big difference between Tampa and Buffalo is Tampa has a much better well, defense in general, but a much better front four. You know, Buffalo doesn't have the front four that Tampa has, so we couldn't get the pressure on Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah, Tampa was getting, the, Tampa was getting to Mahomes with just a four-man rush which was able to keep a linebacker on Kelsey if needed. Whereas you saw with the Bills, like we don't have, we're overpaying our line for our top guy to only have five sacks. Um, You need a guy who's going to get you at least probably seven to eight sacks a season, even probably even more, but just optimal would be probably seven or eight from just one guy rather than just five. And then, Everyone else having like three, two, and one after that. Yeah, when AJ Klein, you know, is tied for you know the the team sack leader, that's that's never good. You know, you want your edge rushers to both have that. You know, preferably maybe even a guy in the middle, like at Oliver next year. You know, maybe he can take a step up. But they're definitely gonna have a lot of stuff they're gonna have to figure out with the D line. You know, because we didn't have the luxury of just rushing, you know, four guys and dropping everybody else in the coverage. I mean, we were sending blitz, and we still couldn't even get pressure on Mahomes. So that's that's not good. And I'm I'm confident that uh, you know Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, and Leslie Frazier, they'll get together in the off season and they'll look at that and they'll you know 
they'll make uh get the free agent accusation uh accusations that uh they need to and they'll draft the players that they need to. Um I'm hoping Epinesa can take a a step up in his production. Uh I think he's gotta put some weight on uh and work uh, yeah, he you know, looks like a point guard on the field. The guy's so skinny. Yeah, he needs He's fast, though, which is good. If he puts on weight, I think he could be something kind of special. I mean, in the draft, his rankings were all over the place, but some people had him going as high as as in the first round, and he fell to the second. I'm assuming it was probably because of his weight, but I think he can be a good player. He, To me, when he was out on the field a lot of times this year, I noticed him. Um, he didn't have a great season, but he's also small, but he's fast. He is very quick, and that excites me for him because if he can keep that quickness and put on weight, I think he could be – And I think, special. you know, the coaches see that, and, I mean, they'll definitely, you know, help the guy. And I mean, he's in the NFL. He wants to be great too. You know, I'm sure he'll do everything in his power to, you know, put on the size and, you know, really work on his craft, and I'm sure – you know, all the guys are going to be doing that. You know, having almost taste what it's like to go to the Super Bowl. I think that's you know going to be real motivating for the the Buffalo Bills. And I'm excited to look um, what next season is going to look like because, I mean, this year is definitely definitely refreshing. Uh, you know, compared to years past, where uh, you know we're watching the playoffs and the Bills, you know, are right on the couch with us. Yeah, um, what excites me about this team is, so flashback to 1988. A young Buffalo Bills team plays the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC Championship game and loses 21-10. to 10. That team was about as young as this 2020 Bills team. And just seeing that and seeing what could happen in one season – it could be really great or really bad, but with the projection this team is on, I think it's going to be really good. Um, that 88 team was so young, and then the next season they came out and they go right to the Super Bowl. And I'm hoping that can happen for this uh, Buffalo Bills team no, this I year. I agree. I think, you know, I think the foundation's set. You know, now they just got to build upon it, you know, try to keep the guys. Um, I think something that's really going to help us is, you know, Kansas city, you know, that's, that's the team that's clearly out of us. They're going to lose some starters in the off season. Um, yeah. Every team. Oh, every team is. That's what's great about the NFL is you're going to see completely different teams next year. Um, I get chiefs, as long as they have Mahomes, yep. they're going to be good. Um, and I think for years to come in the AFC, it's going to be Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, who is better. Um, Clearly, as of right now, Mahomes is looking like he's going to go down as a legend. But I think Josh Allen can keep a pace with Patrick Mahomes in terms of who the AFC is going to go through. Because this AFC has a lot of great young quarterbacks. I mean, just look at the um, AFC North alone. You have Joe Burrow, you have Lamar Jackson, you got Baker Mayfield. There's three just in that division. You have, excuse me, you have Trevor Lawrence, who's going to get drafted to Jacksonville. You have Deshaun Watson, who's right now he is in Houston, but I'm sure he's going to stay in the AFC next year. You got Josh Allen. You got Sam Darnold, who I think is a great quarterback. I, I think I think it depends where Darnold. So where Darnold I goes. think he just needs the weapons. I think he needs the weapons around him. I think he needs the Jets didn't treat him well. We can get into that topic another time as well. Um, there is just so many great young quarterbacks. Oh, sorry, and I forgot forgot about Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. But there are so many great young quarterbacks in the AFC. Anyone can knock Herbert. anyone off at any time. But I – A lot of yeah, good young Herbert quarterbacks. A lot of good young quarterbacks. San Diego. Even Derek mm-hmm. Carr. If they can just um, figure out the Las defense. Vegas. Derek Carr is a good quarterback. Yep. Um, but the AFC is going to be exciting for years to come because of all the quarterbacks coming up through it. And as of right now – you have Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, who have taken that step and have shown they can be great. This wasn't just kind of one of those seasons where we're going to see Josh Allen be great and then next season kind of just completely fall apart. Because if this was his like, if this was his second season, 
I would say maybe that could happen. But because he's taken steps so far in year one, year two, into year three, I think he is on this path to stay great. And it's exciting that the Bills finally have that position just locked down, sealed. Um, you could give his, Josh Allen, in my opinion, any wide receiver, and he's going to make them oh, good. Yeah, I agree. He has – he's figured out himself and who he is as a quarterback. Um, and he's just going to have it – just keep exploding the rest of his career until 10 years on the road when he gets old, but still. So, to conclude with the Bills season, before we get into the Sabres, uh, the, the number one takeaway I think we can both agree on is, you know, the development of Josh Allen was really integral to the team's success, and that's probably what's going to – Make or break it next year, too. Yeah, I agree there. Um, But like I said, I think he's going to stay great. Um, He's not having Mm -hmm. this season where he just kind of fall apart next year. I think he has the weapons there now that he needs for himself to continue to be good. So I am not worried about that at all. Um, I'm excited. We just need to get the weapons we need now. Um, so we have we have the majority of things, but now we've got to fill in spots where mm-hmm. they can just make us better. Um, there's no going to be no like you can't. There's no going to be no rhyme or reason as to why they know what they need, but they just need a. I, that's not what I wanted to say, but I'm I don't know a better term for it. But they just need to fill in the spots where they need just good stepping stones for it to be come take that step from making it to the AFC championship game to being AFC champions. Yeah, I agree. All right. And that, do you have any last thoughts? I or you also the bills are going to cover a good amount. All right. Perfect. All right. And now on to our next topic. Uh, we are going to be talking about just the Buffalo Sabres how they have looked so far in this season. Um, they are 4-4-2 right now. They're sitting at seventh place in the East Division. Um, so you start. You start um, on the Sabres. Well, I mean, if we're going based off, uh, you know, the first game in the beginning of the year, I think, uh, you know, every team kind of started off slow, uh, getting used to the game speed, uh, not really, you know, having much ice time. But uh, as the season went on, I think, the Sabres started building that chemistry. Uh, obviously, they have the star power to, you know, really make the playoffs. Uh, I think, you know, the Eichel, uh, Hall, and uh, Reinhardt line, you know, that can be one of the premier lines in the entire NHL. I think they once they gel together, uh, they will be one of the premier lines. I think uh, – we got some good depth. You know, you're getting uh, some production of Victor Olofsson, Eric Stahl. Uh, we're finally, for me, we're yeah, finally getting secondary scoring, which is very no, sorry. I agree you with that. I just wanted to throw that in there. You know, I've, you still got the same question marks with, you know, some, uh, some defensive pairings, you know. Uh, and obviously, you know, everybody knew goaltending was going to be an issue. Um, you get some games where, you know, Linus Allmark will look, you know, stellar. He'll keep us in the game. Uh, some games he won't look so good. Maybe not all his fault. You know, the defense isn't always the best. But And then Carter Houghton, you know, sometimes he looks decent. And other times, you know, he struggles. And I think, you know, it's the issue go. is we don't really have a starting goaltender. I think they're both, you know, solid backups. And, uh I think that's one hole you can point at the Sabres. We do have Uko Pekalukinen, you know, uh, in the minors. I think and he's that, a question mark. You don't know how he's going to be. You know, he's still young. and But he hasn't looked that great when he got moved up to Rochester. I get he was injured, but he hasn't looked that great in Rochester. And for me, going into Uko Pekalukinen real fast, the Sabres knew they were going to struggle to go time there this season. And when Carter Hutton got hurt, my thing is, mm-hmm. why didn't we bring him up? I just 
there's clearly something there that the Sabres are seeing that we're not because there is no reason that we're supposed to have this next elite goaltender coming into the league and he's just not getting the opportunity to show it. It, it scares me a little bit because I don't know what's going to happen with him. Um, because like, like I just said, though, like he's had the opportunity to be here and he hasn't yet. So I just, there's something going on there that. No, I agree with that. And, you know, if, if you think you've got your guy, you know, you bring him in, uh, maybe, you know, they don't want to rush him and, you know, ruin his career or I don't know. But if, uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd, uh, if he was ready, I would have brought him in. Obviously, they're seeing something that we're not, you know, we're not in the building. We're not, you know, coaches. And we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But uh, it is scary, like you're saying, because you hear all these good things about this guy, and then uh, you can only hope it's true and that the hype is real. But uh, sometimes you got to snap back to reality. Yeah, I agree there. Um, so my take on the beginning of the season was the first game didn't really matter to me because you had the Sabres who haven't play, played a hockey game in over 10 months playing the Washington Capitals who just had to play a couple months ago because they were playing in the bubble. So first game didn't really affect me. Um, second game, we looked good. Just couldn't find a way to win that game. Um but to me, this team looks a hell of a lot different than we have in years past. They look very good to me. Um, like I said, we've been getting that secondary scoring, which makes those elite teams what they are because they're not always uh, waiting for their stars to score. I mean, if you look this year at the Buffalo Sabres stars and Jack Eichel, Sam Reinhart, and Taylor Hall, <clears throat> we're only looking at six goals combined between the three of them in – Jack and Taylor Hall both have played 10 games and Reinhardt has played eight. Um, so for me, once that oh, line no. gets clicking, they are going to be scary. Um, this break that they're on right now because of this whole COVID issue that's going on in the NHL, um, I'll get into that in a little bit, but maybe this break is going to help them and just kind of, I mean, Jack, like I said today, he's had, <clears throat> I've been watching film for myself from last year and I want to start playing more offensively. And if he plays like he did last year, if Jack Eichel plays a full season, I think he makes a better case for MVP last year than he already did. Um, he put up a career high in goals last year, and that's what people in Buffalo have been looking for for him was to shoot the puck, and he finally did it, and it was working for him. Um, this team, Victor Olafson, um, I can't really get on him for not scoring um, <clears throat> in full strength. Because he's scoring power play goals, and teams always need that. So I'm not going to get too down on him for not scoring full strength because um, clearly he can just be that power play guy we need. Uh, you could sit him on the third line if you want. Um, but he is a great young player. He's in the second year in the league. Um, Rasmus Rissalainen has been very, very good to me. Um, this year he actually mm -hmm. looks like Oh, hang on. Sorry, I had to sneeze. Um, he has looked like a very solid number one defender. He's been averaging 23 minutes on the ice tonight, which is a lot. Um, him and Jake McCabe together have looked phenomenal. Um, Underwhelming. Yeah. For me, Rasmus Dallin is kind of disappointed. And, yeah, I, I get it still early in the season, but it's also already getting late in the season because we're only looking at 46 games left. That's if the NHL season gets to play all 56 of their games, which because of right now, it's not looking very likely with all of the COVID and stuff going on in the NHL. And I get it's new uncharted territory for everybody, but the NHL is the only one really struggling to get games. And because of it, if you look at other leagues around the world, like the NFL mm -hmm. got to play, they finished their 256 game schedule. Uh, I get those guys are only playing once a week but they got through everything with how it looked at the beginning of the season with how that Titans outbreak started and then them just getting better from it. Um, I was very impressed that they got to finish the whole season because in the beginning it looked like I was doubting it. Um, the NBA has started up fine. Um, soccer in Europe got started. They've been fine. 
Um, but the NHL just seems to be running into these issues. And that kind of, I mean, you saw when the Sabres um, last week on played the New Jersey Devils, when you find out two of their guys on their team test, co- test positive for COVID before the game, why not cancel it and just postpone that game instead of now the Sabres have nine guys on the COVID list, including Taylor Hall and Reese Linen, and even like our stars are all on there. And it just sucks because now the Sabres are in trouble because New Jersey had issues and the NHL didn't do anything about it. And that just kind of bothers me. But um, to me, though, COVID besides the point, mm-hmm. I'm very happy with what the Sabres are doing, like the secondary scoring. Um, Dylan great. Cousins, yeah, he looks I great. knew he was going to be a stud, and he has looked phenomenal in his nine games he's played. Has two goals, one assist. Can't complain about that from a rookie. Um, everyone looks – Tage Thompson, I need a little mm-hmm. more from. If he's going to be as great as everyone says he can be, I just haven't seen it yet. Um, Eric Stahl doing what he does best, has five points, ten For games. Sure. At that age, that's phenomenal. He is still a great hockey player. But um, going along with the goaltending, I love Linus Allmark. Um, this season, he's 3-1-2. and two. Which isn't bad. He's, I mean, lost both games that he lost in overtime were in shootouts. But um, I think he's only giving up two point five a game. Has a nine point or point nine one four save percentage. I get goalies kind of want their save percentages like nowadays probably over a point nine one five. But he's hovering around that, and I can't complain mm-hmm. about him. But Carter Hutton is an issue to me. Um, he is one in three in his four games he started with only an eight nine five save percentage, mm-hmm. and I think he needs to go. He is just two seasons here in Buffalo now. He has shown that he can't stop pucks, and he is the reason we lost. Or yeah, he was was he the yeah he was the reason we lost that second game against New Jersey. Um, he had a puck hit him in the chest and go into the net. I don't get how that happens. It wasn't tipped or anything, but I I can't blame that game on anyone else but him. It's hard to find other stuff that was wrong with that game. I get we weren't they weren't scoring, but it was it could have been a three two game if Carter Hunt makes the saves he needs to instead of letting in those ticky tack goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Hunt is what he is, you know. They brought him in last season you know, as well. Just back up. But, for backup, and then you bring him in, and you expect the guy to, you know, give you starter production. And uh, I mean, he had a little run here uh, when the Sabres won that one big win streak, you know, a couple years ago. But uh, you know, the guy's just really, you know, <laughs> at best a backup. You know, maybe an AHL starter now. Yeah, I, I think for me. The Sabres have a great chance to get a playoff spot. We just need to finish top four. And right now, the Islanders are only sitting at 12 points, and the Sabres have 10. But the Islanders have also played one more game than the Sabres. So the next time the Sabres are supposed to play the game, a game is, I think we're supposed to the 16th and the 18th against the Islanders was when they're talking about getting back to it. Um, I don't know if that will happen right now. But if we can take both those games against the Islanders, um, I think we're looking pretty good because I don't think New Jersey is as good as they're showing this year. But then again, maybe Lindy Ruff brought a new kind of a new look to this New Jersey team because they are they do have a lot of young talent, but we just haven't seen that in past years. So maybe Lindy Ruff is what they needed to take that step to be a good team. Um but right now the Sabres are sitting in seventh place out of the eight teams, but they also only played 10 games where everyone sitting in the top four has put top four has played at least one game or more than the Sabres. And I think the Sabres are going to be right up there then the season fighting to get a point or fighting for a playoff spot, excuse me, not those points. But what I'm happy about is the Sabres have taken – a lot of games this season that it looks like they could have mm-hmm. lost. I agree with that 100%. And that is, different than, that is different than what we saw in years past. 
Um, in years past, we couldn't pick up points when needed. Um, because in hockey, for when you get two points in overtime loss, you get one. So those one points start adding up towards as the season goes on. So I'd rather have one than the zero. Just fight out those points. Even if you're only taking one, those points are going to mean a lot at the end of the season. It's better than not having any of those at the end of the season. We're sitting like we were in years past, just not even close to a playoff spot. Um, but this Sabres team to me has taken on a new form. I mean, Taylor Hall, Cody Eakin, and Great uh, additions. Eric Stahl have brought a lot to this Buffalo team. And I am very happy with how they're producing. Um, but like I said, I think to me, they said the biggest thing to me this Sabre season is their secondary scoring because they haven't gotten that the past six, seven years now. Ever since Eichel's been with the Sabres, it's been like all Eichel's line doing all the work. And now this year, Eichel's line isn't performing. So I'm not worried about it yet. Maybe in 10 games, if we're still looking at this, then I'll say, okay, there's something wrong here. But right now, just give these time, no, guys yeah. a few more games to click, and once they do, it's going to be scary. Because I think we can compete and with yeah, the Philadelphia. If you can keep the secondary the scoring, get that first the, line going. And, uh, I'm, I mean, I have a quick proposition maybe uh, to ask you. I mean, if this, if you can't get the production going with the first line, would you consider uh, swapping Reinhardt for Skinner? No. I think Ralph Kruger is testing Jeff Skinner right now. Um, I mean, last season, Skinner underperformed for his contract that he had. I get we paid him to play with Eichel. Um, And I get I've said this a million times, Mm -hmm. like, why not pay the – or why not play the guy with what you paid him to do was be on Jack Eichel's line to score. But he just looks – I don't know if it's because he's sitting on our fourth line that he just looks uninterested – I mean, you saw in the last New Jersey game, Skinner got moved up to the first half with Eichel, and still nothing happened. I get it was just kind of a short glimpse of what we had there. He just doesn't look like he can do what he used to, and I don't know what that is. Um, and the problem is we're not going to be able to move him anywhere to because no one's going to want to take on that contract for a guy who's not – you're paying him that money to score no, 40 think, a year, uh, and you're not I'm getting hoping, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, that – one year where it was a contract year and we forked over all that money. I'm hoping that year wasn't, you know, an abnormality. I'm hoping, you know, we can get that Skinner back. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's definitely had his fair share of opportunities uh, this year. He's just been, you know, missing the net or just, you know, kind of whiffing on the puck or just – it's just, you know, yeah, yeah. it definitely has been his year. And I'm just hoping it's a bad uh, string of bad luck rather than, you know, a new a new trend. Oh no, with Skinner. Yeah, I agree. I get that. Like I said, it's been ten months since he had to play the hockey game. Didn't have any preseason. Had minimal ice time before the season. So maybe it's just taking him a few games to get clicking. I will give him give him the first fifteen games. If no one's clicking then, then I will tell you that like if our first line's not clicking and just after 15 games, we're still kind of like sitting at this 500 or like average. Then we're going to need to switch something up. But right now, from just what I've seen from the Sabres, clearly I am no professional with this, but I think we looked good. Um, Skinner, I don't know what you do with him because you can't play him on our second line. Um, because I mean, it's I, definitely a sticky situation with Skinner because you're paying I don't know the guy, you know, to be like a top line scorer and. Then... <laughs> You know, it's you're not getting that production. So what do you do? You can't move them, and you can only hope things improve. Uh, but I mean, that's focused on the negative, like you said earlier. I mean, there's a lot of positive to look at. Yeah, I mean, you're getting the secondary for scoring from you know guys you wouldn't expect. Uh, Dylan Cousins looks really good, like you said. Uh, and I mean, the first line. It's only a matter of time till they all gel together. Anytime you put you know, three quality uh, starters all together. And um, I think once they get things going and uh, if we can keep the secondary scoring and uh, keep getting some adequate uh, goaltending from Allmark, uh, I think, you know, we get the, like you said, we get the potential to, you know, compete with those top teams in the playoffs and, you know, 
potentially even make the playoffs, which would be uh, huge for the Sabres. I mean, we haven't done that in I don't even know how long, but uh, so there you go. I think I think the opportunity is there. I think, um, you know, there's a lot to be excited with uh, in Buffalo, you know, sports-wise. I think you got the Bills playing good again, and you got the Sabres who can, you know, definitely make some noise with this team. Uh, I I think really once they gel together and everything, I mean this can definitely be a playoff team. Yeah, and I agree with you. Um, but with uh, that, no, I think we got. Do you have any last thoughts on the Sabers? All right. Yeah. So perfect. Um, that is going to conclude our episode for this week. Um, we'll be back again next Wednesday. We're going to try to put out every single Wednesday. Might be a day earlier, might be a day later, depends. But Wednesday is going to be for most days where we, we'll be uploading. Um, next week, I with Marty, I want to talk about uh, the QB carousel right now. We're going to get away from the Bills a little bit. I want to talk about the QB carousel that's going around in the NFL, um, kind of talking about where we think guys will end up, what moves are going to be made and what's going to happen with all the quarterbacks that could be moved, potentially moved this offseason because there's a lot going on there. And then possibly talk about if the Sabres got back to play, talk about what we have seen, um, if they got to play. If not, we can just keep it to the QB carousel. And But on that note, I want to wrap oh, it up. That was fun. Thank you and guys I'm for looking listening. forward to, you know, keep um, doing these podcasts. Sorry about my dog in the back. But, no, that was fun, and I can't wait till next week. We're fun. Sounds good, bro. <laughs>